It's living, the sermon's called Living Dead. And uh, uh, I'm going to be as shocked as you are how this thing's going to come out. So let's uh, stand and uh, let's start this out. Psalm 56, 13. Everybody stand, please. For you have delivered. Have you not? Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, and uh, Lord, we look forward to your word, forward to understanding the direction you're taking us, Father, and we thank you that we all can come back here today safely and free. Lord, we ask you to bless this time that we may bless you back. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Right up there. Living dead. I cannot live until I die. Now the world will look at that and not understand that whatsoever because they're living dead. So as we go through some of these scriptures this morning, understand that some of your family members and, and people you work by and the, the things that we, the, the people that we visit and notice and, and see all around us, a lot of them, they're living, but they're dead. And I've preached on this countless times, but the Lord wanted me to return here today, and it's good to remind us about these things. So I cannot live until I die, and, and to me, I, I understand that completely. I have to live, I cannot live until I die. I have to die spiritually. I have to die um, not physically, but mentally. Everything about my spirit needs to die and come alive to Christ. And until that happens, I, I can't really live the life that God's asking me to live. And sometimes I get out of bed in the mornings and I don't want to die to myself. And I, I struggle and I fight with that like anybody else. And every time I, I understand that I cannot live according to what God asked me to live until I am willing to die every single day of my life it becomes a choice in my life every day you say well Paul you you're saved you got faith yeah I do but I also got that sin nature that flesh that I'm still my soul is still wrapped up in this flesh and it's a sin nature and it wants to destroy you constantly and so I have to learn to live every day I have to get up and die and so many people they'll, they'll want to fall away from God I want to fall away from God's word because they're not living to die they're living to live in a world that, that is so opposite of God. When the fall of man happened, the sin nature took hold. And that sin nature is the thing we struggle with more than any. And in today's world, when everything is against God, common, these things are so common to us that we realize that we're not living to die. We're living according to the way the world has designed us, that sin nature, that Satan, that evil, has designed us to live. So we have to dig even deeper in God's Word, get closer to God, because we're surrounded by such a great sin nature that it tries to confuse us even more. Does anybody have any idea what I'm talking about? Am I just rambling on out here? So I cannot live until I die. For those that are dead... But breathing, the people outside of Christ, 
Anybody outside of Christ, I don't care who it is, anybody outside of Christ is who I'm talking about, outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one and only true Savior of the world, anybody outside of that, they may be breathing, and the possible looks impossible. How can, how can, you, how can you live to, until you die? What does that mean? It, it, everything that about the Christian life looks impossible to them. But it's possible. And y'all should be beautiful lights of that. Because it is hard to live a Christian life. Everybody say amen. amen. It is. But it's not impossible. It's possible. Amen? It is possible. Even in, as this day darkens even more, it is possible. So for those that are dead but breathing, the possible looks impossible. Only faith can make the impossible possible. Amen? Faith. That's it, folks. Let's go home. It's just faith. It's just a, 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 a faith. It's just faith to say, God, take my life and go. Because I don't want to live dead any longer. It's not hard. You've got to get rid of the excuses. You've got to get rid of those things. And allow God to put faith in your life that will make you come alive to his word. If not, you're living dead. There's a, somebody in church here gave me this hat a while back. I'm not sure who it was. I forgot, it doesn't matter anymore. But it says, man of faith. Was it you, George? It doesn't matter. But anybody, somebody come out and they hand me, that, hand me this. You know, it's just a, it's a, it's a nice camouflage hat. It's a beautiful hat. It says, I love Jesus here. It says, uh, I heart Jesus back here. I love Jesus back here. Do you have any idea what that means? To, maybe to somebody else. Do you have, Bill, do you have any idea what that means when somebody hands me something like that? It means that they thought of me, first of all, and then they thought of me as a man of faith. Wow! Wow! That that's, was impossible for me 30 years ago, 20 years. It was impossible for me. But today, because I realized it can be possible, other people see it, and they hand me something like that. And to me, it's on my wall back there. It's got a little Bible on it. It's a beautiful thing to me. Whoever gave it to me, thank you. You have no idea... How much I love it. And when things start to go hard in your life, and Satan comes in and wants to destroy you, I've been, I've been battling Satan all week. He's just trying to creep in there in the easiest little ways and just take over my life. I haven't sinned or anything like that. I've just been battling it within, within my spirit. I feel it really strong this week. And so you look at the things that the past, and you look at the things that God has done in your life, and you go there. Because I don't want to live dead, ever. So I go there and I grab a hold. And so these things are, are markers in your life. When you were baptized, when you fell on your face for the first time, and you recognized God moving into your heart. What a magnificent day, amen? What a magnificent time in your life. For the first time in your life, you fall on your knees and God says, I love you. And you really believed it. My goodness, that's an awesome thing. Only faith can make the impossible possible. In Ephesians chapter 2, it reads, And you he made a... Everybody say, and you he made a what? Alive. Who made you alive? God made you alive. He says, and, and you he made alive. Paul's talking to the, to the Christians. And you he made alive. He separated you from the world. He separated you from the sin nature that you had. And he made you alive. Not to be alive to not do anything, but alive 
to show his glory in your life. Who were dead in trespasses and sin. So he's clearly telling us there's two different things. You know, where I, my business is doors. I, I know a lot about doors. Probably more than anybody on the planet, I know about doors. For over 40 years, I know about doors. One of the things that, that confuses people about doors, and these things like we're talking about today, live, dead, confuse people, is, is when I look at a door, I see a door right there. I, I see it right there, a left-hand door, or it's actually called a right-hand reverse. And you say, well, wait a minute. That don't make no sense. I know what I mean. And so living dead, a lot of the stuff people don't understand. But see, to me, that makes perfect sense. It may be a left-hand door because see, when I walk up to it, my hand's on the left. It's on the pool side. My hand's on the left. It's a left-hand door. But it's also a right-hand reverse because the cylinder, the key, is on the pool side. That's what makes the difference. I know, well, what does that matter? Because Christianity, this living dead, can be confusing to the world. But once you know it, once you understand it, I clearly grab that door. I understand it. And once you get to know God, you clearly understand the difference between alive and dead. And a right-hand door turns into a left-hand reverse. They can confuse you more. Oh, it has nothing to do with the way it swings, just the key. <laughs> Did I confuse you enough? So I'm living, and I'm alive. But many people are living, and they're dead, but they don't know they're dead. Just confusing, like the door thing. And you, he made alive. If God made you alive, would you just raise your hand for a minute? He made you alive. And even a rambling, confusing preacher, you can understand me because he made you alive. Because once you were dead in trespass, and that's not me saying that, that's the Apostle Paul writing down through the power of the Holy Spirit, writing this down in the Bible, the Holy Bible, and it says dead in trespasses. So that means dead, dead, dead. That's what that means, not understanding God's word at all. I tell you often that when you want to go to people and do counseling, different things, if you're going to a person, I don't care, what the, I don't care how good of a person is, I don't care what it is, if they're not a Christian, you're going to a person that doesn't understand the way you think and the way you live your life. So you're asking a person to help you that has no understanding of how you live, how you think, because of the Word of God. You have to be careful who you ask for help. In verse 2 it says, In which you once walked according to the course of this world. Everybody walked that way? Raise your hand. We all did. According to the prince of... The power of the air, which is Satan. The spirit who now works in the sons of what? Clear difference. Verse 5, go ahead please. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By what? Grace. Grace. You have been what? Amen. Amen. Saved. Go ahead please. If flesh consumes you, if the flesh, if this sin nature consumes you, then death is knocking at the door. I'm going to show you this in a verse here. And death is knocking at the door, but if the Spirit consumes you, the Holy Spirit, and dwelled in your spirit, consumes you, death gives way to a holy life. Amen? There's, there should be a clear separation. And what I see a lot of times in the churches are not this cut and dry, black and white separation. There is a clear separation between living and dead. 
In Genesis 4-7, we're talking about Cain and Abel. God's going down. He's going to talk to Cain because Abel's madder than a wet hen, whatever a wet hen looks like. And he's going to end up killing his brother. But God goes and he talks to him. And he says these words to him. If you do well, this is God talking to you, and this is God talking to you just like he was talking to Cain. He talks to you just to say, if you do well. What is God saying if you do well? If you follow me. If you'll follow the, the, the guidance I'm giving you. If you'll open up your word of God and pray and, and read your Bible. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And that word accepted is important because God wants to accept you. Amen? He's not a God that, 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 that doesn't want to accept you, but he, he will only accept you if you do well according to his word. He will not accept people that want to live their life dead but act like they're alive, going through the motions. And if you do not do well, everybody use that word, sin? Lies at what? Lies at the door. I got a door down here, I, I, and I know a lot of people don't understand this door thing. You got to go back to the Old Testament to understand that. But if I, was to, if I was to put a bunch of people on the other side of the door right now, which I'm tempted to do, How much time I got? 11.20. Charles, come here. Now give me about four or five other people. Brent, come on up here. These two guys work for me, by the way. I love them. They do, they're excellent workers. They do great work. No, down there. Pull that door out there a little bit. Regina, I knew you was coming. Give me a couple more. Maya. What's that? What's that? Mike, come on up here. There's Mike. Mike, you can stand in front of that door. Now let's say Mike is Cain, and the rest of these people back here are, are the, the dead people, the sin nature that wants to pull him out. You guys start kind of rattling out, knocking on that door a little bit, trying to don't open, just try to rattle. You know, you come on, come on, Mike, come on. All right. Now it says here, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. So that's what we have. We have a whole world always outnumbering us. Are you always outnumbered as a Christian? I mean, you're always outnumbered, aren't you? Because a lot of Christians, they just go like, oh, I ain't going to say a word. I'm not going to be like that. No way. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But that's not what we're called to be. We're not going to be called to be, to be like that. We're called to be have authority and go out with God's word. So we're looking at this, and it's in nature. And Mike can do one or two things. He has a choice. Amen. He has a choice. Right here now, he has a choice. Every day of his life, he has a choice. If he opens the door, that sin's coming after him. Right? It's coming after you. It's not going to give you time to run away because you don't open the door. You, don't even, you even start, Mike, do you even want to peek in there? See, if you even start to peek in there, that sin will slam that door right open and here that comes after you. You can't do it. So God gives us a choice. It's a simple choice as that. And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and it is what desire is for you. Rattle that door a little more. And guess what? It never stops, does it? It just never stops. Its desire is always for you. But you should what? Everybody say what that says. But you should what? Mike, you've got to rule over it. And one of the things you can do right now is you can't walk away. You can start to pray. And ask for the strength and power to walk away. 
to walk away. Every time you're at work or wherever you're at, and, and all of a sudden you get on the computer or whatever you want to do, and something's starting to come at you, and it wants to grab a hold of you, understand that's what it is. It's no harder than that. It's no simpler than that. That's all it is. And your choice is to walk away because you live in Christ, and you have that strength and power. And the only reason you don't walk away is because you love the sin. Guys, thanks. You can sit down. And its desire is for you. But you should, everybody read that for me one more time, but you should what? Rule over it. This is God talking. And of course, we're not going to go any farther, but Cain didn't rule over it. Go ahead, please. Dead or alive. God wants us. He wants us dead or alive. Without active faith, one cannot become so, one can become so dead. I'm talking about without active faith, without exercising the faith that God gave you, without stepping out of your comfort zones, without doing the things that God wants you to do, without serving God. I mean, getting your faith right mixed up with the love of God and desiring what he wants to do in your life. A lot of you know the story about this cross here. It hangs on my wall. It's another thing back there. 2008, September, me and Vicky on a cruise going to Alaska. I've told the story a couple times. I'm not going to go through the whole story, but a man named Tommy Meyer. We went to a ceremony, a church service on Sunday morning. That boat happened to have a chapel. It was a Catholic ceremony, and we went in there and sat with a bunch of wonderful people. And we got to spend time with them. And there's a man named Tommy Meyer that lives down in Dallas, Texas, and he makes crosses, and, and he passed them out that day, and all kinds of them, not just wood, but all kinds of them. But we weren't there. We had to leave. They had closed communion and wanted us to go ahead and leave, so we did. And, but a day or so later, he finds us on the ship. One of the most wonderful times of me and Vicky's life. The whole week spent with a ship full of people watching God's beautiful creation and Christians everywhere. We've, you know what? God just brought them to us. He comes knocking on our door. He says, I just want to tell you something. He writes on the back, Jesus told me to tell you he loves you. You know what? Every time I'm having a bad moment, I can grab a hold of that cross. I can read back on the back there, and it says, Jesus, ask me to tell you he loves you. Why did a man bring that to me and Vicky? He brought Vicky one, he brought me one. Because he saw us alive in Christ. Amen? A whole ship full of people, only a few people are going to church. Only a few people are going to church out of a few thousand. But he saw, he saw us alive. And now I'm blessed for that. Every time I look at my wall and I see that, I go back and I think of that morning that he walks and knocks on our door and brings that to me. It wasn't a little thing to me. It showed me that my faith was not dead. Amen? My faith was alive. Dead or alive, without active faith, one can become so dead by the time they die that the loss of a heartbeat is only a small detail. It's just a small detail. You know what the big detail is? Where you went after you died. That's the big detail. Heaven or hell, that's the detail. That is it. The heartbeat, it doesn't matter anymore. It's where you're heading the moment that heart stops. You can get all confused with this world and not understand these things, or you can dig deep into God's Word and come alive. Being Bible taught, and there's, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of good men and women going to these colleges to be taught the Bible. 
being Bible taught is not the same as spirit taught. Amen? There's a lot of men on that TV that know the Bible inside out, know it a whole lot better than I do, but they don't know nothing about the Holy Spirit. One is dead, the other is alive. I can't teach you the Bible. The Holy Spirit has it. I can just give you the words out of the Bible, and I can preach with passion, and I can show the excitement and faith, but you have got to get in there with God and change your life with God. Amen? Being Bible taught is not the same as spirit taught. That's why so many intellectual men and women pass throughout time. They'll grab a hold of that Bible and they'll see the words and the words, but they, it doesn't come alive to them. They put it down and say, well, yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. And that's about what they sound like. Because they have no idea what the spirit is saying to the heart. They've let that little minor detail out. One is dead and the other alive. Dead or alive. In Romans 8, we'll spend just a few minutes here on these and then we'll. <clears throat> Romans 8, 6 through 11. Am I shouting too much today? Everybody okay? All right. For to be carnally minded, that's to be a mind of the world, not of God, but to be carnally minded is death. I didn't say that. The Bible said it. I'm just reading it to you, right? So to be carnally minded, in other words, think as the world, think outside of God, but think as the world is death. Right there, death. It's death. I want you to grab one of this. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a little secret. The more you understand God, the more that faith becomes active in your life, the more you come alive with God, the more you see this. And the more it brings pain to you to see this. The more you see the, the commercials and, and all the stuff you see in the world, the more you see God being closed out and you see the end coming so quickly. We're living together is no big deal, but it is to God. But it's not to the world. But it is to God. But it's not to the world. So you choose. You choose. I'm not meaning to pick on that particular thing. There's a lot of things we could talk about. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. And everybody tell me that. Life and what? Peace. Why are people living without peace? Why is, why is the world so crazy? There you go right here. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Who doesn't want peace? I mean, the whole world seeks for peace. The problem is... They're seeking for it in the wrong ways. They're not seeking for it in the right ways. And the farther we, we distance ourselves from the truth and the word of God, the farther peace becomes a distant memory. And here's why. Verse 7. Because the carnal mind is what? Everybody say that. Huh? enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law. In other words, God's word is not thinking about God's word that this is how I should live my life. Do you believe it or not, I, I do my best to try to live by this, not to go to heaven because grace taking me to heaven because I want to learn the God that saved me. Amen? I want to learn all about him. Or, nor indeed can be. 
So there's no way the person outside, according to God's word, there's no way the person you, you, you work beside or the, your family or whoever it is, there's no way they can understand what you're understanding. There's no way they can understand the pain that you have because you know they're carnally minded. They can't understand that. And so sometimes we as Christians get over-energetic and we use words maybe we shouldn't use, not because we're trying to hurt feelings or anything else, it's because we understand the deep trouble they're in when the breath takes its last. You got me? We understand it clearly. It's not a, a question of, well, maybe. There's no well, maybe to it. Not according to God's word. For it is subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So, then those who are in the flesh cannot what? Please God. It's impossible to please God if I'm living dead. You know, a lot of Christians come to church on Sunday and say, Hey, God, I went to church on Sunday. And you think God's supposed to say, well, thank you? Is that what you think? But yet... If we're living dead and we think that we've done a great deal because we went to church on Sunday and God's supposed to just give us, I don't know, lightning bolts and thank you for coming to church. My goodness, we're so far removed from the scriptures. Read this again. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, that's the key. If the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not, he is, is not his. And if the Christ is in you, then the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. There's a lot of dwelling going on there, isn't there? So it's not a vague thing. Cain was living, but dead. He was alive, but dead. In Hebrews 11, 4, we'll talk about it in a second, but Cain was living, but he was dead. He didn't understand what God said. He, wanted the dis he was going to go through the disobedience. The sin was at the door. He heard it rattling, heard it knocking, heard it calling, and he opened the door, so he was dead. He was dead in God. He was dead in Christ. Abel was dead, but living. Abel would soon be killed by Cain, but yet in the Scriptures in Hebrews 11, 4, it says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, there's that word faith again. By faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. In other words, he was doing exactly what God called us to do. Cain and Abel knew what to do. Their parents was Adam and Eve. They told them what God re required from them. Excellent. And Cain, through which he obtained, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and though he, if he being dead, still what? Speaks. Cain's alive but dead. Abel's dead but speaks. He's still alive. And his faith is still alive. I often wonder, I, I see a lot of wonderful men and women, 
writing wonderful books. I love Tozer. I don't know if you guys know Tozer. I love Tozer. I read a lot. I love Tozer. Good man to read. He's been, been gone since 1964. They still speak. You can pick up these people that are so, we're so filled with God. I mean, so filled with God. And when you, you read through those words and you read what they're writing, you can just see the Holy Spirit just jumping off those pages. They were so filled with the Spirit of God. They didn't even know they'd been gone for 40 and 50 years or even more. They still speak because the truth never changes. Amen? The truth of God never changes. And if you're around people that say, well, that old Bible's just old and worn out, you need to run because sin's knocking at your door. If death is the way of man, can there be another way? If death is the, if that's the, if that's where we're heading, because that is where we're heading, there's got to be another way. There's a picture that, I, I couldn't find it, but it's a picture of an older lady, and she's well up in age, and she's at a door, and it shows this door, and it shows a, a side view, of it, and it shows this old lady going through this door, and on the other side of that door is a beautiful young lady with Jesus grabbing a hold of her when she gets through. A wonderful picture because of the Christian as a person in, that is filled up with God, that has the Holy Spirit living in him, you ain't going to die. You will never die. This physical body's going to die, but you're never going to die. It's not going to have an effect on your life. Do you get that? But if you are without God, if you are without Jesus Christ, you will die, and you will die a second death, and hell will be where you're heading. And it will have an eternity effect on your life. But not us. Because we're alive in Christ. And that should be such wonderful news to you. It should fill your heart up, and it should make you want other people to know what you know. One of the things we have to do more is give our testimonies out with people, to give out the, the God stories that God has given you with other people. You can be very, very calm at it, very, I don't know what the right word I'm thinking for, but sometimes you don't have to go up there and just say, well, if you don't go to Christ, you're going to go to hell. You don't have to say it that way. You know, you're all going to hell. You don't have to say it that way. You can say it in a very different and loving way. You can tell them what God has done in your life. The miracles he's performed in your life. The one miracle he performed in your life is you're saved and alive. Amen? You need to grab a hold of that. You're saved and alive. He brings things around in your life. If you'll remember him, pick him up and keep him. And every time Satan comes after you, you can pick it up and say, I'm not dead, I'm alive. You can't have me, Satan. You may get me for a few seconds, but you can't have me. I'm alive. I'm alive. If death is the way of a man. Can there be another way? You bet there is. John 3, 3, it says, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. See, the world, they'll look at that, and the lost, the, the people that do not know Christ, they have no idea, as Nicodemus did not know that night. He had no idea what Jesus was talking about. But he's clearly saying, you must be born again. You've got to die to yourself and be born again. Amen? You've got to die. And you've got to get up every morning and not let sin pound that door down on you. As this world comes to the close, and I'm telling you it's coming to a close, 
as you see the worlds, the governments, and everything else that's changing and pulling out away from God so fast, so I can't believe it. It's like, it's like a rocket going to Mars, how fast they're pulling God out of everything. It's a total different world than what I grew up in. There's a way out. And Jesus gave it to us. It's born again. Now anybody I've taken to the Word of God in my office or somewhere else, I've talked to you about born again. You all know, many of you could probably recite what I've told you about it. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen? If you're not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You can come to church for 40, 50 years and sit there in the pews and not be born again. And many will. If the Spirit of God lives in you and dwells in you, then you should be so excited, so overwhelmed with the love that He has for you. It should resonate in your life. In John 3, 6, it says, That which is born, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. In other words, you were born to the flesh and you're going to remain flesh until the Spirit of God moves in you, until you ask God to come in your life and change your life. You'll remain in the flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And the Spirit, what it's talking about there, is your spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I can be born again, and I was born again. And many of you are too. My prayer is that your families are born again. I got a family reunion coming up here on August the 13th. They'll be up, my family will be, in the, be all together. We'll be here at the church on a Saturday. My family is bad. Ray, I better I'll put this out on the SoundCloud. They're going to hear it. Not all of them. A lot of them are good, wonderful people. But a lot of them... Ain't, A lot of them do whatever they want to do. They just do whatever they want to do. They never go to church. They never do. They just do whatever they want to do. And it's not of God. And act like it's okay. And they'll tell me, just shut up and mind your own business. Well, how can I do that? Well, I'll tell you what. There's going to be a lot of them in here on the 13th. That's a Saturday. I'm going to try to get as many of them back as I can the next day on the 14th. I can tell you a lot of them won't come back. But I'm going to be praying that they do come back. And I hope that you'll pray for my family. We haven't been together since who knows when, probably 20 years. And I'll tell you, overwhelming, a bunch of them overwhelming are going to go to hell. But there's a bunch of them that are not. Love God. And if you don't know how to love God, learn how to love God. Ask Him. Just ask Him. He'll pour it out into your life. Show that. You got that video? Today
song my third day it just it just lit me up because I, I could remember that I can remember being born again it just lit me up we're alive in Christ you're alive in Christ you're alive in Christ live your life like that will you alive let your faith just overflow in your heart don't worry about the things around you God's got you covered 
God's got you covered. I'm going to open up the tables. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you're welcome at these tables this morning. If you've got something you need to work out with God, work it out. Work it out. If you've got things going on in your life that you don't want going on in your life, work it out. Just remember, it's just knocking at the door. You don't have to open it. You don't have to put a peephole in there and see what's on the other side. You know what it is. You've been there. You've done that. Why do you want to keep going back to it? It didn't work out so good for most of us. I think that's a definition of insanity. Exactly what sin is. Exactly what the lost is. It's insanity. Live for Christ. Question for the week. Are you alive or are you dead? Only you and God know the answer to that. Let's stand. Go ahead. Come and enjoy the Lord today.